Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Scott Guasco, and this is episode 137 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Lucas Kaser to discuss some NFL trades, as well as our week eight start sits and starts of the week. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Week seven in the books, week eight upon us. It is Wednesday. That means Lucas Kaser is back in the building. Lucas, how are you feeling this week, bud? Um, I mean, I guess we can just jump into the Sanders talk. I guess we'll just start with that. I, I feel okay, I guess. Let's kick it off right away. Uh, we usually jump into how um, how much the Broncos dominated in the previous week, but unfortunately, yep, yep. that is not a topic of conversation this week. Uh, and some more bad news coming out of Denver. If you're a Broncos fan, I suppose stoked if you're a 49er fan. So let's kick it off with uh, some breaking news, which is coming way after the breaking news. But on this podcast, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, former wide receiver of the Denver Broncos, now a wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, before we get my take for the 49ers, how do you feel about this as a Bronco fan? And how do you think this is going to affect uh, the rest of the Broncos offense with uh Emmanuel Sanders gone now. I mean, I guess if I'm looking at it from like the obviously like I'm sad about it or whatever, but if I'm looking at like the big picture and it, it needed to happen, we're not a playoff team. Obviously, as much as people can say we might be or we have a shot, we're not a playoff team. He's, I think, what 32 years old. So I mean, for getting a third and fourth for a 32 year old player that wasn't going to sign back, I mean, it's it's a really good trade. We'll see. I'd imagine maybe by the time this podcast goes out, there could be Chris Harris being traded too. Um, I'm assuming it's just kind of a fire sale going on. Uh, the rest of the offense, yikes. I mean, like it's it wasn't really good to start, but now without – I mean, I think he, he's the last player in Super Bowl 50 on that roster. He was the, the last player to leave there. So this kind of shows how the uh, – franchise has gone from here uh but for the Niners though I think that's a huge signing uh in hopes of a playoff run I absolutely agree and I think you know to finish up on the Broncos quick I think Cortland Sutton who's been a really a real nice darling for fantasy um I totally wrote him off in the preseason that was mostly due to Flacco um but he has been a star, frankly, uh, so far this year. I think he just gets an uptick anyway. And then uh, Deshaun Hamilton should see some more work as well with Emmanuel Sanders gone there. Maybe Tim Patrick as well. Um, and uh, we'll see if, you know, what the Broncos do. But, yes, it's unfortunately a lost season for, for your Broncos. But looking forward, um, getting rid of Flacco next year and starting young all over the place with a nice upstart defense and uh, young pieces all over the offense. I think the Broncos are – uh, in good shape um, to, you know, fix up for, for the beginning. I believe I read that they have nine picks in 2020 at this point, and they may have even more. You said uh, with Chris Harris potentially going and maybe somebody else at this point. So Derek Wolf is the other one that's getting interest. And they said they're not trading Von Miller, but if you're, I mean, if you're selling everyone, I don't see how you can't sell him. Like, I mean, what's the point of holding on to a 30-some-year-old edge rusher that is going to be done in two years? Kind of sure. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe the Patriots would take a flyer on Von Miller. What do you say? Yeah, I mean they definitely would. It's <laughs> like it's not like they need the help, but they take him. 
<laughs> no shit. For the Niners, for the Niners side, um, I like it a lot. Uh, the Niners definitely needed a veteran presence. Of course, I had kind of made the prediction uh, over the last couple of weeks on Instagram and Twitter and, and here on the podcast that I thought I thought Stephon Diggs would be the guy. Um, obviously, with Adam Thielen getting hurt last week, I think that put the, any of those fires that were burning completely out. Um, Diggs obviously is just fine in Minnesota, but that was wishful thinking, I guess, from a 49er fan. Um, I also thought AJ Green might be an idea there just as a veteran presence, but Emmanuel Sanders makes sense. Um, He, I think, slides immediately into the number one receiver in San Francisco, which I think is kind of funny, but um, yeah, yeah, he should be just fine. Obviously that downfield presence, a possession receiver, he can work in the slot. He can work down the sideline. Uh, Debo Samuel is out. Uh, Marquise Goodwin is unreliable. Pettis has seen some more work lately, but not butting into that number one we thought he would be. Um, And obviously Jalen Hurd, we haven't had anything from yet this year. So uh, we needed some help and we got it with Emmanuel Sanders. I like that a lot. And we will talk about the other trade as well. And then we'll get into our week eight preview. The other trade was Mohamed Sanu going from the Atlanta Falcons to the New England Patriots. Um, This, they got a second rounder for him. Mohamed Sanu is 30 years old. I think this is a great, pickup for New England of course they don't mess around and we don't know Mohamed Sanu could be the number one immediately he could also be a fourth receiver depth piece getting ready for the playoffs who knows uh, with the Patriots but I like this pickup a lot obviously Julio and Calvin Ridley I think get a big uptick if Matt Ryan is healthy anytime soon on the Patriots side of course they tried the Antonio Brown experiment which went south immediately Josh Gordon hasn't been uh, working out well and um, there are whispers in the bushes that people are thinking that Josh Gordon could be more injured than originally thought or I hope not but he could be also dealing with some off the field issues which which he has been his whole career which is really unfortunate I'm not going to go there so I don't want to speculate hopefully that's not the case either way um, they are very depleted at receiver right now outside of Edelman Philip Dorsett Nikhil Harry uh, and Jacoby Myers, very young receiver. So Muhammad Sanu comes in right away. Um, that's a mouthful for me. How do you feel about Muhammad Sanu, both from the Falcons, who also are in already a lost season? They might fire sale pretty soon as well. And then on the Patriots side, picking up a veteran presence like Muhammad Sanu. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of shocked that – so they obviously got a second rounder for Sanu. I, was, I mean, I get the whole like age difference, but I don't know how Sanders only went for a third and a fourth. It's kind of like, I was sort of shocked. So I was like, okay, he's for sure gone for a second, but obviously I think is like a, what, four or five year age gap probably. But uh, in terms of fantasy uh, for the, for Sanu, I don't know if it's much of an upgrade because how much better could he get than a wide receiver three with all the weapons on this Patriots offense and yeah I agree with you I think this shows that Gordon is I mean I don't want to I mean he's not going to be coming back anytime soon for whatever the reason and probably Nikhil Harry too is probably not going to play for the rest of the season because there's no way they just give up a second rounder for a position when they have two other guys that are hurt right now but interesting move I guess you could say but we'll see I mean I'd I don't mean it helps their Super Bowl chances, but I think they already had a good shot to win anyways. (laughs) I agree. The Patriots just continue to make moves. And uh, I think Mohamed Sanu, I had made a post right away when uh, he got traded that, um, you know, he's been a very steady wide receiver three. And Mohamed Sanu is one of those players where he's never super sexy in fantasy football, but anytime Julio goes down or when Calvin Ridley's been out, he is 
immediately good for 10 plus receptions, a hundred yards, a touchdown. He's a very good receiver. Um, and I think he would be a, a two at least on many other teams in the NFL, but obviously he's not going to play over uh, Julio Jones. And at this point, I think uh, Calvin Ridley just shows more bursts as well, but great number three receiver. And I think it's a, a, a loss for the Falcons and a gain for the Patriots. So of course the, uh, the Patriots make a move. The second round pick, I was pretty surprised, but Patriots don't shocking. Give a shit. they don't give a shit about draft picks. Anyway. I mean, it's, it's basically going to be a really early third anyways. Exactly. So they're not, Patriots aren't worried about that. So those are the two trades that have gone by, at least by the time this podcast has happened. I've been saying it over the last couple of podcasts, make sure you keep your eyes peeled either to our networks or anybody else. uh, Because in the next week or two, the 29th is the trade deadline for the NFL. And in the next week or two, we are going to see, I would say at least another five or six moves. um, Most of them having to do with fantasy players. So keep your eyes peeled and make sure you are, uh, planning accordingly but um to recap really quick uh emmanuel sanders goes from the broncos to the 49ers and muhammad sanu from the falcons to the patriots let's jump into week eight man um we are going to uh do the first uh first chunk of games we'll take a break we'll come back with the second chunk of games for this episode and uh, we're gonna bump our all-in checker fold to the next episode our our um you and I get excited uh, with our commentary and our episodes have gone kind of long and uh, I just want to be respectful of listeners time. And I know that an hour and a half long podcast doesn't always keep people's attention. And you and I put a lot of time and energy and effort into this. And I want to make sure people are uh, getting our best efforts and sticking with us the entire time. So we have made that conscious decision to flip over. So we're going to run down our week eight preview on this episode, our starts of the week as well to end the episode. And then we're going to bump our, all in checker fold and team it up with our uh, TCK pod listener league recap and preview there as well. So without any further ado, man, that's a lot to kick off the episode, but let's start with tomorrow night's uh, game. And that is going to be the Washington Redskins and the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, of course, the Redskins are trying their best to um, not be outdone by the uh, Miami Dolphins and the Bungles. Redskins are one in six. They lose in a monsoon to the 49ers last week, nine, nothing. And the Vikings all of a sudden are on fire. They're five and two. Kirk Cousins looks reborn. Everybody looks great. Hopefully Thielen will be healthy, but I'm not sure he will play in this game. Let's go to the Redskins first. Adrian Peterson, 18 carries, uh, 80 yards, not quite 100 yards. And Chris Thompson um, could still play, but he's also looking banged up. Terry McLaurin should draw Xavier Rhodes, who has proven beatable this year, but he is still a rookie receiver in McLaurin. Uh, how do you feel about this Washington offense in general? Or do you feel comfortable with anybody? I think Terry would be the only one just to, I mean, obviously it's going to be a negative game script, but I think the Vikings defense is less scary, if that makes sense. In terms of putting up points, I think Terry will at least see a safe flex role and maybe catch a touchdown to put him in the wide receiver too. But besides that, really no one draws my eye. Got it. And for the Vikings side, of course, you know, Adam Thielen, again, if he plays, of course, you start him, but he did have a, uh, you know, kind of a pulled hammy on his 25-yard touchdown early in the game. He left. Stephon Diggs went off. Diggs is an automatic. Um, if Thielen is out, how do you feel about the two tight ends? We don't talk much about the Minnesota tight ends in fantasy in general, but Irv Smith Jr. has definitely been kind of a, uh, a quiet Nice play in fantasy, and nobody's playing him, but he's racking up good numbers. And Kyle Rudolph caught a touchdown his first of the season last week with Adam Thielen out. Um, 
first off, how do you feel about the two tight ends in Minnesota? If Thielen is out, would you play either one of them? I mean, I don't know, because I don't think Thielen being out really upgrades them, because I think they're just going to be so run heavy in this game. Uh, I think they're going to get up by, I don't know, about 20-ish, and then Madison's going to come in, take a couple snaps here and there like he did a couple weeks ago. But I think if I had – if you were desperate this week and who's on by, Dallas and Baltimore, maybe you're the Andrews owner, I think Rudolph could definitely be a play this week if you're desperate. Got it. Alexander Madison – um, with the game script potential and he's seen work anyway, do you think he would be a safe, like, second flex? Yes. I mean, I think – I don't know about safe. I think he's definitely a second flex, but I think safe's probably not the word for it. Got it. Okay, because obviously if, if it's a tight game somehow or – Yeah, he wouldn't come in. Got it. Okay. And then Kirk Cousins, man, let's talk about it. Last couple of games, uh, you know, three-plus touchdowns in multiple games here. Um, all of a sudden, you know, people are giving him shit, including me, uh, that he wasn't throwing the ball. He basically was like, okay, watch this. Um, you know, crushed it with Thielen, crushed it with Diggs. Um, and then uh, Cook had a nice game last week, but then Diggs still still had a Thielen caught a touchdown. Um, this is a the, the old revenge game for Kirk Cousins here against Washington. Um, you feel comfortable starting a, uh, Cousins here. Now, he's a streamer all the time if you're streaming quarterbacks, but do you feel confident – that you would fire him up as a QB1 at home versus his old team? Normally against the Redskins, I would say yes. But due to the lack of points scored in primetime games and the fact that, I mean, I know Dalvin Cook's their number one priority. I think they're just going to run the ball. And, I mean, kind of on the same lines of what Brady did uh, two nights ago, he scored, what, 17 points or maybe 17. And I think – do you really want to bank on them throwing the first two touchdowns? Because after they get up by a lot, they're just going to run the ball. So I think you could find – you could pivot to like a Jacoby Brissett, which I'll probably talk to next, or even like a Tannehill or someone like that that probably have more of a touchdown upside in this game. Got it. All right. Let's move on to the Sunday slate. We have the uh, Broncos, who are Emmanuel Sanders' list, and the Colts. Um, for the Broncos – of course, you know, they're coming off another tough one. They fall to two and five. Colts are four and two now. Uh, for the Broncos side, I'm going to keep bringing them up because I want people to not forget about Royce Freeman. Uh, I text you, we were watching the game last week uh, or on Thursday, and I, I text you immediately. And I was like, hey, early touchdown from Royce Freeman. Dude's a beast. They got it fired up. Um, they lined up for the extra point. And uh, I believe Kansas City was a neutral zone infraction, if I believe uh, properly or if I remember properly, they ended up taking the ball in the one-yard line and going for two. They give the ball to Phillip Lindsay. He gets stuffed, and the Chiefs score 30 consecutive points. And I text you immediately, and I was like, dude, the Broncos just lost. Like, they should have either kicking the points and kept the momentum or given the ball to Freeman on the yard line. Piss me off, and I'm not even a, a huge Bronco fan. For you, Devont or Devont Freeman, excuse me, Royce Freeman, um, start here against the Colts and of course Lindsay is kind of the sexy pick but Freeman is is pretty much equating uh Philip Lindsay week in and week out here for the Broncos yeah I mean I don't think it's necessarily a sit but I don't know like he scored his touchdown he scored 16 points how often is he gonna, I mean how often are the Broncos gonna score a touchdown let alone without Sanders now against this Colts defense that's pretty solid I mean, obviously teams have Mark Ingram and Zeke on a bye, so maybe you have to play him. 
Uh, it's just not – I mean, it's, I'm not expecting much, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Okay, Emmanuel Sanders now in San Francisco. We've talked about that a bunch. Cortland Sutton's automatic. Deshaun Hamilton, man, how do you feel about him? I mean, he's been on the field quite a bit, uh, just like by watching the game. Uh, he just looked really bad. I don't, I don't know if it's like Flacco or just the role he's in. He just does not look as – because the Heat last year, the same scenario happened where Sanders was out five, five games, I think, something like that. And he played really good, actually. Uh, you could take a fly – like maybe a second flex guy. I think that would be kind of like what I'm feeling right now and maybe more if we see a couple of good games out of him. Okay, let's move to the other side here for the Colts. And uh, your boy Pascal, I believe you called that one last week, two touchdowns over 100 yards, um, just three receptions, but he's getting it done. How do you feel about Pascal again this week against uh, that Broncos secondary that's been that's been beat recently? Yeah, I mean, disclaimer, the only reason I knew about him is I have him in, like, every dynasty league just on the, chilling on the bench. Uh, I actually, like, don't really know much about him. So I'm not well, going to take full credit. It worked, but – <laughs> I'm not going to take yeah. like, all the credit. Well, either, either um, way, man, you, you made the call, and it's it's not a name that people talk about very often. You made the call, and it panned out. I did. Um, I think he kind of fits the same category as Hamilton uh, going forward. You don't really – you know what he can do, but is he really going to do that as – I mean, for him, he's probably like the, what, fifth option on this offense, fifth option on a run-first offense. So really how – how much do you have confidence in him? I guess it's kind of if you're deciding on whether to play him or not. Last week, Eric Ebron had one of the better catches I've seen in a long time. I started Jack Doyle in another league um, just as a streamer. I needed some help, and uh, he got about six points, I believe, but not much otherwise. Um, if you had to start one of the Colts' tight ends, who are you leaning with? Last week you said you wanted Jack Doyle because of the consistency, but Eric Ebron, of course, is the red zone guy with tight ends. Usually tight, you know, touchdowns are king. Um, do you still lean Doyle or would you go Ebron? Oh, I mean, I think I'm just going to stick with Doyle because I think once I switch off and go to Ebron, Ebron's going to lay a goose <laughs> or something. So I'm just going to stick with Doyle. It's consistent. Fair enough. Let's go to the next game here. We have Tampa Bay Buccaneers 2-4 and four heading into Tennessee. 3-4, and four, of course, Tennessee started their new quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, over 300 yards. And uh, the Buccaneers coming off of a bye. Um, for the Buccaneers side, of course, you're starting all the receivers, and whether you like it or not, you're starting Jameis Winston. Um, the running backs, uh, Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones, do you feel comfortable starting either one of these guys against a pretty stout uh, no. defense with the Titans? And now I'm not, I'm not thinking anybody is, like, looking forward to starting these guys, but we're, we're in the middle of the season, so a number of things are happening right now, right? We've got Dallas and Baltimore on by, so Mark Ingram – um, you know, Zeke Elliott, some other options are on a buy and not playing. Guys are starting to get hurt, right? Some guys are already out. Some guys have question marks, maybe a, a David Johnson or something. You're not sure if you can play him or not. So you might be looking deeper on your bench at a third, fourth, fifth running back option, which might be Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones. If you had to start one of those guys, who are you starting? And are you confident in either one of those guys? The confidence, no. I think if you had to start one, I honestly think it was it Dare, is that his name? Dare Gundelai. I, I honestly think you'd want to – I mean, because obviously you're going to be taking a shot. Like, you're just risking it. I think you'd want to go him just for the passing work, honestly. Okay. I might stick with Peyton Barber just because he he's seems to be the number one back so far, although they're coming out of the bye. Maybe this is when they give 
fantasy owners what we've needed for a year and a half, and that's just a huge 20-carry load for Ronald Jones to see what he can do. But either way, Titans at home. I think the Titans uh, kind of beat up on the Bucks finesse offense anyway, so we'll see what happens there. Um, any confidence in O.J. Howard coming out of the bye? Um, I'd say kind of – I mean, Mark Andrews and Witten are on a bye, so – Eh, like a little bit, I guess. And he's seen a little bit of an uptick in like the routes run and stuff. So we'll see. And he might even be getting traded here soon too. So who knows? I mean, a little bit of confidence, I guess. On the Tennessee side, Ryan Tannehill, again, over 300 yards in his debut with the Titans. Corey Davis and A.J. Brown uh, showed a little bit of life here. Derrick Henry's an automatic. Uh, Delaney Walker, I think, at the tight end position with two starting tight ends with Witten and uh, Andrews, as you just mentioned, out this week on bye. I think uh, Delaney Walker's an automatic. Um, Tannehill, do you feel comfortable with him against the Buccaneers secondary? And then Corey Davis or A.J. Brown, do you think that these guys are going to start getting an uptick with Tannehill at least willing to throw the ball downfield? Yeah, I think – and I probably should have said something last week because I kind of had, like, the overall, like, I guess philosophy on it or whatever. I think I think Tannehill significantly upgrades this offense. We actually might have talked about. It. I don't remember if we did, but he immediately just brings the confidence in getting the ball downfield to this offense. And maybe that showed last week. He threw for over 300 yards, if I, I believe, yep. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And obviously Corey Davis had nice work. AJ Brown, he still had a good game, but I mean he's obviously on the field all the time, so he's just a big play. Uh, like he showed against the Falcons, he had, what, three for 90 and two touchdowns. He's That's still there even more so now. Um, in this matchup especially, I think, like I said, I think I'd rather start Tannehill and take the shot of, I know it's going to be a close game. They're going to be throwing the ball on a very bad secondary versus where Cousins is going to be up and they're going to be running the ball. So, yeah, I think this week you could definitely stream him. Okay. Let's get into uh, Arizona and New Orleans. There are – whispers that Drew Brees could play in this game. I don't think he does. No I think he's going to wait, wait through the, uh, wait, wait through the bye. Teddy Bridgewater has obviously been just fine going five and zero without Drew Brees in the lineup for um, Arizona. They get another win. They're three, three and one. They're actually playing quite well uh, recently. And uh, the saints now six and one at home. Um, I think this is going to be a shootout. This will be fun. But uh, for the uh, Arizona side, Christian Kirk looks to be playing this week. Um, and <laughs> Before we get into the running back situation, are you confident with uh, Christian Kirk, assuming he suits up? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think you have to be just snap percentage in the routes run. Is just, I mean, it's a startable. It's the same level as every startable receiver you have. Uh, you just kind of – the only worry would just be the matchup, which kind of has some worry in this game, but I think you definitely play him. Larry Fitz as well? Yeah, you have to. Okay. Let's talk about the running backs, man. I uh, went on a, you know, the rant that everybody needed to go on. I did that last episode. So I'm going to save it with Chase Edmonds and uh, David Johnson. Um, let's just talk about it though. The, 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 the skeletons out of the closet, obviously Chase Edmonds is the truth. David Johnson's hurt. We don't know how hurt he had a stiff back is all that we know, uh, all that we knew two weeks ago. Uh, he suits up. Everybody starts him, including me. He gets one snap, leaves the field. Chase Edmonds gets over 100 yards on 20 carries and uh, three touchdowns. Um, whether David Johnson plays or not, oh, well, I mean, obviously, if he doesn't play, Chase Edmonds is the start of the week. If he does play, uh, David Johnson, are you still playing Chase Edmonds? Uh, oof. I mean, if the if you 
have to, I think, is the best. Because obviously no one wants to play the second running back against this Saints defense that is playing out of their mind right now. That's but, what I, That's what I was getting to. I wanted to kind yeah. of – everybody's super high on um, Edmonds, including me, the kid's a beast. And that's awesome. Um, He plays well. And honestly, most many other teams, I think you can fire up both of them at this point, because it's definitely a committee at least uh, regardless of uh, David Johnson's health. However, I did want to bring up the, the saints might have the best run defense in the league outside of the 49ers. It's legit. Um, And they're going to be in shootouts. So they're probably not going to be running much anyway. So it's all catching out of the backfield. So, as far as a running back, I don't think he's going to do much anyway. But if, you know, if David Johnson does play, I don't think it's safe to be confident in him. However, um, you know, he could uh, light it up again. And frankly, we obviously don't know if David Johnson's 100% or not. So Chase Edmonds, of course, is the, you know, he's the stream of the week. If you haven't picked him up off waivers, he's the number one waiver claim. Um, and if you're the David Johnson owner, go get Chase Edmonds, although um, it might be hard to, to rip him away at this point. Um, on the other side, uh, Teddy B. I'll just keep bringing him up, man. He looks great. Um, are you confident in starting him? In this matchup, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I'm not going to, like, sit super flex. Yeah, you have to, but I think it would be kind of weigh your options. I guess she's what you could say, but he definitely has a really good matchup this week. Let me throw a few at you. Uh, Cousins or Teddy? Teddy, for sure. Tannehill? Yeah, Teddy, I think. And Garner Minshew? Ooh. Um, I think I'd probably go Teddy, uh, but they're both about equal, I'd say, in that one. Okay, fair enough. Let's move on to uh, the Rams and the Bungles. Man, the uh, <laughs> the Bungles really really laid an egg for me last week. That was, that was good to see. They fall to 0-7. The Rams, 4-3. and Um for the Bengals, Joe Mixon, 10 carries, two yards. Last week, I believe it was 10 carries for eight yards. Uh, he does accidentally catch a touchdown. Um, and Autumn Tate kind of falls by the wayside. Um, but uh, Alex Erickson, over 100 yards so for the Bengals. That's such a waste. Dude, what the hell is going on? <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's literally, if you put him against any – quality cornerback he would not get a single catch and he's just sitting there catching five yard balls because they have no no other players open on this offense it's it's so dumb (laughs) (laughs) joe mixon joe mixon are you confident in playing him against the rams confident no but i mean i think you have to like i mean it's it's hard to sit a first round pick especially even though you're eight weeks in it's still like who else would you have even though you're your first round pick i think you have to play him Let's say that uh, Tyler Boyd draws Jalen Ramsey, and who is a Ram now, of course, uh, and Auden Tate draws um, – uh, who's on the other side? Not Peters. Um, a boy, Aqib, Aqib Tlaib. He's hurt. Um, oh, he's hurt. He's out fully? He's on the IR, yeah. I'm trying to oh, think yeah. who they're – is it Roby Coleman? Is he the yep. other one? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, thank you. Um, then Alex Erickson might be, might be a deep play Ugh. option if you're hurting. I know it doesn't taste good. But, again, I mean, you can't get away from seven receptions and 100 yards, even yeah. if it's dink and dunk. It is what it is in PPR leagues. On the other side, uh, man, Goff finally puts it together. Um, Everett and, you know, these receivers still not really producing. Cooper Cup just five for 50 last week. 
Um, we're going to talk about golf a little bit later, actually, which I was kind of surprised when I was looking through this. Um, but uh, we're also going to talk about Everett. You're confident about both those guys this week against the Bungles? Yeah, no, we'll talk about Everett later. But, yeah, I'm very confident in him. Got it. Let's move on here. We have the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars um, who have looked pretty good, but they're, they're having a tough time stealing wins. Uh, and the, the New York football Jets who <laughs> were absolutely destroyed uh, by, the, by the Patriots. And people have made a lot of, you know, some jokes about how like Alabama – and Ohio State play like junior colleges basically and beat them like 77 to nothing. And they've been saying that basically the Patriots are playing the same shit and they're playing like, you know, uh, you know, college teams and stuff like that. The Jets straight up looked like a college team against the Patriots, or at least Sam Darnold did, unfortunately. Um, I like Sam Darnold a lot. I think the Jets have potential as soon as Adam Gase gets fired at the end of the season. I think they have a chance. The Patriots, I think, are that good. Um, but Sam Darnold looked absolutely porous. Do you think he can bounce back against the Jags? They're going to be on the road. Now, mind you, this is one week after Sam Darnold came back from mono and destroyed the Cowboys in his own right. And they turn around one week later at home and get beat up by the Patriots. Do you feel comfortable starting Sam Darnold against the Jags? Yeah, we'll, we'll go a little more into it later, but for now, I guess I'll say, I don't know if you watched the game or if the, anyone listening watched the game, but it was not his fault like whatsoever. Gase was trying to consistently yeah. throw the ball downfield for Terrible. some reason. Like Horrible it, coaching. Yeah, like it was just – I mean, I, I'm assuming everyone saw on social media, Donald said he's seeing ghosts. I mean, I would be seeing ghosts too if I was trying to throw downfield on the Patriots defense. Like this would be a prime matchup for Crowder, and they didn't even use him. But all like the whole game. Bell, I don't even think had a catch out of the back. I mean, he probably had a catch, but he didn't have like his usual nine targets or whatever. Yeah, it's just so. Yes, I have confidence in playing this week, and then we'll go more into. Or I guess they'll be on the next the all in checker fold episode, kind of more in detail for them. Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder, and Chris Herndon coming back from suspension. Are you firing up any of those guys? Yeah, I think you can. I mean, the Jaguars' defense is not. I mean, obviously without Ramsey, but with Ramsey, they were still not the Jaguars defense that they used to be. So I think so. Okay. Let's go to the other side, Jacksonville, uh, Garner Minshew and DD Westbrook, man. DD Westbrook had a great game this week. Um, DJ Chark has cooled down over the last two weeks and uh, Minshew has, has kind of come back down to earth as well. The hype has cooled off. Thankfully um, I'm all about the jorts and the mustache. I'm a fan myself, but, but uh, just straight up talent wise, he's not terrible. Um, but, I think it was just people getting too excited. Um, are you confident starting Minshew against this Jets team that Brady just destroyed? And frankly, Sonny Michelle uh, destroyed last week. And um, D.D. Westbrook maybe being that number one receiver. Um, I mean, kind of we went through the whole Teddy B thing. I think he's kind of a low-end streamer just because his, his floor is there for sure, but he does not have the ceiling that I think like Tannehill or Teddy B has. Okay. Let's go through a couple more, man. We'll take a quick break. Let's go with the Giants and the Lions. The Giants two and five and the Lions two, three and one. I still think the Giants are, or I'm sorry, the Lions uh, should have at least four wins on the season. Really solid team, losing some close games. Uh, Marvin Jones, of course, his second four touchdown game. He had one with the Bungles early in his career. He is one of three receivers ever to do that. Sterling Shepard, 
or excuse me, Sterling Shepard, Sterling Sharp, uh, and Jerry Rice, also the other two receivers that have um, two four touchdown performances on the Giants side. Saquon Barkley comes back, has a decent game, uh, but yet to really beast out in his return. Daniel Jones um, has really come back down to earth after a huge, uh, you know, rookie debut. Now there's talks that they should basically put Eli back in. Um, It is so dumb. I I agree with you. Uh, Do you feel like Daniel Jones, definitely not in a single QB leagues, but in a, in a uh, super flex or a two QB league, are you still starting Daniel Jones? I mean, I have him in, I'm in like three super flex redraft. I have him in, I guess, and dynasty too. I have him in every single one and kind of for one reason. And you'll learn about that on the all in checker fold, just based on his uh, playoff schedule. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. But I mean, he's not like, good by any means but he's okay I guess because they're gonna have a negative game script and he's I mean we've seen his upside the Tampa Bay game so we obviously know it's there but he's just kind of a mediocre QB2 I think is the way to put it I'm with you how about Golden Tate yeah I think he's I mean he's basically like a not as good version of Edelman like if Edelman was in a worse (laughs) offense he's just gonna catch like six seven balls a game Ty Johnson fills in for Carryon Johnson. Carryon Johnson out with another knee injury, of course, last year. Ended his season early with a knee injury. He gets another knee injury now. Um, I don't know a timetable. If you do, uh, please jump in. I don't have a timetable yet on Carryon Johnson, but uh, Ty Johnson stepped in um, as well as uh, J.D. McKissick. Both those guys kind of split the work. Uh, looks like Ty Johnson will be the quote-unquote starter, but they'll probably split the backfield there. Um, Ty Johnson definitely a pickup in uh, waivers for sure if you haven't done that yet. Um, do you feel confident enough starting the Lions starting running back um, against – or uh, um, uh, the Lions starting running back against the Giants who have been pretty much um, destroyed on the ground and through the air? And uh, after seeing Matt Stafford do what he did through the air, do you think they're going to rely on the run without their leading rusher in the game? Um, yes and no, but there's been rumors about them trying to acquire, uh, mm-hmm. a running back who, I, if I had to pick, I think it's going to be Kenyon Drake. Um, yep. Cause he's kind of, I don't want to say like a mini carry on Johnson, but he has all the skill sets that carry on does. But if they were to not get a running back, um, JD McKissick is still there. He will at least play 40% of the snaps because he's literally just a receiver playing the the backfield. So I don't know. I'm not confident in one guy, but I'm confident they're not going to sway away from the run game that they have had before. Okay. Matt Stafford puts up another four touchdowns. You fire him up uh, weekly at this point. And uh, Marvin Jones as well, of course, don't expect four touchdowns from him. But I think he's a weekly starter, too, in your kind of wide receiver, two, three, flex position. And TJ Hawkinson, we know the uh, the ups and downs with the tight end position, but he seems like somebody that, you know, could go for uh, 60 and a touchdown any week there. So you fire those guys up. Um, let's get into the uh, Chargers and the Bears, and we'll take a break. Chargers, two and five. Holy shit, who saw this coming? Two and five for the Chargers. The Bears, three and three, also looking terrible. Um, For the Chargers, quick, Eckler, Gordon. We talk about this every single week. Let's make it quick. You have to start one of them. Who are you starting? Eckler, I have no question. So Eckler doesn't run the ball, but he 
has seven receptions for over 100 yards and a touchdown every week. And Melvin Gordon doesn't seem to be receiving the ball, but he can't run it either. Uh, I heard uh, my man Mike the Hitman Wright on um, the Fantasy Footballers mention that he has a hunch that the Chargers got worse when Melvin Gordon returned. How do you feel about that? Well, okay, so related to that, but so Eckler had – the 40-yard touchdown that basically bought, got them, like, back into the winning chance of the game. He ran, like, a, it was an amazing post route, like, just a beautiful ball, whatever. It's Philip Rivers. He'll throw good Smoke. balls. Yeah. yeah. Then on that last drive, he had that, like, 20-yard catch on third down to get them down to the one-yard line, and they pulled him out. And then what do you know? It took Melvin Gordon. I mean, he – I think there was a penalty on the first try or something, or there was something where they didn't he, get in. He, so he, he ran from the one and he fumbled, but there oh, was a gosh. penalty. There was a penalty. So they tried it again. He ran the he second fumbled time, again. fumbled again, and it was recovered, and the Chargers lost. Like, this is so – Eckler literally got you down there, got you in the game, kept you in the game, is the most – probably one of the best, like, overall graded running backs so far in the year, and they're just going to throw in Gordon. Like, it just makes – if I was the Lions, I'd be calling up for Melvin Gordon right now, honestly, because like, I would – I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't. I agree. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to go with Eckler as well. You and I were on this podcast a couple of weeks ago when Melvin Gordon was coming back, and I told you that I wanted to lean on the Melvin Gordon side. You stuck with Eckler, so kudos to you. And I basically was just like, you know, Eckler's been awesome, but it's because Gordon's not there. Um, Eckler's awesome because Eckler's awesome, and Melvin Gordon is clearly not – who he was last year, uh, whether he's hurt or he's out of shape or he hasn't played for the first six weeks, whatever the hell it is, he is just not up to snuff, unfortunately. And the Chargers are really losing because of it. Keenan Allen has disappeared. Mike Williams is a 20-yard bomb or bust. Hunter Henry is carrying the team with Austin Eckler, but that's not going to win you a ton of games. Um, yeah, the the – Chargers are hurting. So, uh, really quick, start, sit. Let's just do the whole roster, which, you know, four weeks ago was automatic, the whole team. Start, sit, Phillip Rivers against the Bears in Chicago. Um, I'll go start just based on the buys and hurt QBs this week. Start, sit, Eckler. Yep, start. Melvin Gordon. I think you kind of have to if you held on to him this long. Keenan Allen's automatic. Mike Williams? I think, yeah, he's seen enough targets. And Hunter Henry's automatic. Yep. Let's go to the Bears side. Uh, David Montgomery, two touches. It's This is why I'll never draft rookie running. Like, I mean, I didn't draft him in any redraft leagues just because I don't Josh know. Josh Jacobs is pretty solid. Okay, but that's like a guaranteed – that was like a guaranteed 15 touches a game. Like, if Montgomery was in the same role, he'd be doing just as good. Like, so would any of these rookie running backs. It's just – I don't know where the – what was he a fourth round ADP probably? Um, yeah, he crept up there. I, yeah, I would say fourth or fifth, depending on. I the just league. I don't know where that ADP kind of came from. Like that's why I kind of just stayed away from him, just because I don't know what people thought they were like. Were they just thinking they were drafting a better Jordan? How like, I don't know. It is just kind of a confusing situation, and it kind of showed why he should never have been drafted that high. What worries me most about David Montgomery is not the fact that. Um, let's say Tariq Cohen is just that much better than him and he's not getting work, or Mike Davis is actually the, let's say, early downs goal line back, which was some of our scares preseason because we just didn't know. Um, that's not the case. 
David Montgomery is just a not effective, which he looked really good uh, early in the season, but he's not been very effective with limited touches and Matt Nagy, who I still think is one of the better young coaches in the league, getting an opportunity. Um, it looks sporadic and not sure what he wants to do. Trubisky's bad. Chase Daniel isn't good. Um, Allen Robinson's fine, but they don't really have an offensive identity. Uh, the Bears look bad, dude. Straight up. I mean, it kind of – like to give an example, the Broncos obviously rode their defense to a championship, and then you kind of – like it's – same thing's going to happen for the Patriots next year. Say they do this, they're going to be the number one fantasy defense. They're going to go into next year – try and ride their defense and it's going to flutter a little bit. Like, I mean, it's, you can't ride a defense forever. And I think that shows is the bears literally did not improve their offense at all this off season. And uh, obviously it's showing. So I think you can't, like, I mean, Robinson's really the only one you can play from here on out. Right. And Allen Robinson's looked really good, man. He's had uh, multiple touchdowns in multiple games. Um, he's over a hundred. He's looking really good. And to be honest with you, Allen Robinson's one of those guys that, uh, I should have missed on, um, and you know, spoiler alert, I, you and I are going to kind of break down a, a mid season recap, um, next week on the podcast. And, um, it's going to be an interesting opportunity for us to, you know, you came on once the season was rolling, but it's going to be an interesting opportunity for me to look at my rankings preseason, look at my, you know, boom, bus, uh, breakout players, all that kind of shit and really dive into, who I expected to do well and who actually uh, did well. And then on the other side, who I didn't think was going to do well and who is, is, is outperforming Cortland Sutton, Allen Robinson uh, to name a couple. So it will be uh, really interesting to kind of eat some humble pie, I guess I would say. Um, so hopefully, uh, you know, we're able to catch some of that next week um, on the podcast, but I'm with you, man. Allen Robinson's look great. Uh, Trey Burton has been nowhere to be seen. Uh, and, you know, Taylor Gabriel had three touchdowns early in the week or early in the season. He's been nowhere to be found. Riley Ridley hasn't done much outside of a couple of random big plays, mostly on special teams. Uh, and Tariq Cohen not doing much either. So the Bears, man, pretty, pretty surprisingly not good team, um, unfortunately. Uh, after the break, let's get into our second half of the week eight uh, recap and our starts of the week. Hey, listeners, let's take a break here. If you like what you're hearing, you want to find us outside of the podcast, please like and follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod, on Twitter at TCK underscore pod, on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Drop us an email at tckpod at gmail.com. And of course, subscribe and leave a rate and review on the podcast wherever you're listening. We appreciate your support and feedback. And make sure to visit our website, tckpod.com, for weekly rankings and Lucas's Start Sit article. Before we get to the second half of our games and our starts of the week, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Stay tuned. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. 
Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call. And we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Next up, we have the Buffalo Bills hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. This is going to be an interesting game, man. The Bills all of a sudden 5-1, and one, uh, just a game behind the Patriots and the Eagles. 3-4 and four, fall to the Dallas Cowboys on um, Sunday Night Football. For the Eagles, uh, Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders. Each week, it seems to be one or the other. You know, Miles Sanders has been a great receiver out of the backfield. Jordan Howard, obviously the, the short yardage back, but he's running really well. And when that offensive line is healthy, he has been just fine. Alshon Jeffrey didn't do much on Sunday night, but he has been pretty solid um, as well. And you had mentioned beforehand, you don't think Deshaun Jackson's coming back anytime soon. Before we get into the receivers, um, are you confident with either one of these guys now? Mind you, the Buffalo defense is quite solid and they're at home. Are you starting either one of these Eagles running backs? In this matchup, no. Uh, in, I'll just say, I guess, neutral matchups, because this is a negative matchup. Uh, I think I'd still lean Howard just for the, the touchdown upside, but it's not really an appealing backfield. But it's a backfield that we should have saw coming, I think, this offseason. And I will probably touch on that next week, honestly. I don't, I haven't looked at our rankings or anything, but. I can imagine we both had Sanders way, well above uh, Jordan Howard. Yeah, it's been interesting because in fantasy-wise, Jordan Howard's basically touchdown or bust, whereas Sanders, uh, you don't even expect a touchdown, but you expect more of the receptions and the overall mm-hmm. yardage. But I think they're pretty even um, at this point. Uh, for the receivers, really quickly, um, Alshon Jeffrey, I think, is automatic, assuming he's healthy. Deshaun Jackson is out for the, uh, you know, for the, the near future, I guess, or really the uh, indefinite future. Um, Carson Wentz on the road oh my God. versus Buffalo. What's going on with Carson Wentz? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it cost me – how do you put up eight points against the Cowboys? How, in prime time, Cowboys defense is bad. I, I sat Matt Stafford, who scored – what he scored, 33? Mm-hmm. I literally only needed – what, I need four, two more points to tie, and I think I probably would have had the tiebreaker on most bench points or whatever it is or – Ugh. Not, I just lost my uh, first place stardom. I only had, what, five days with it, and I already lost it. <laughs> I am worried about Carson Wentz as well, and I have no, no fantasy, um, you know, stock in him, but I was worried about it uh, coming in to the season. And uh, Zach Ertz as well, uh, worried about him. And uh, Dallas Goddard is the truth, man. Caught a beautiful uh, touchdown. Um, early in the game, and uh, I think Dallas Goddard is going to continue to uh, cut into Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is automatic, of course. Carson Wentz probably stream-wise too, although if you have a, a 
another option. How about this really quick? Let's run some out. Jameis uh, or Carson Wentz? Uh, Jameis at Tennessee, Carson Wentz at Buffalo. This week, Jameis. I think they're about equal the rest of the season. Kirk Cousins at home versus Washington or Carson Wentz? Cousins. And let's do um, Jared Goff. He's at home. That's an easy, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's an easy pick. I'd take Goff. You take off. Okay. Uh, how about Josh Allen on the other side? Josh Allen or? Yeah, Josh Allen for sure. Okay. Let's talk about the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Frank Gore continues to get it done. Dawson Knox, not much this week. Anybody on Buffalo that you're feeling confident after pretty much no offense last week? John Brown, all the way. JB. And I, it was kind of shocking that Singletary only got like three carries. I mean, it I wasn't like – it wasn't shocking. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it wasn't shocking, but it was – uh, I don't know the word. Just kind of like interesting, I guess. They Surprising. Kind of yeah, yeah. I, think, I think we expected more uh, coming out of the bye. And, and, uh, but, you know, here's the deal, man. We've seen this for like, I feel like 10 years. If Frank Gore's healthy, he's going to get 15 touches and 15 carries. And the rookie behind him, who's way more talented, <laughs> is just going to have to wait. That's how it is. We've seen it on multiple yeah. teams. It's the same thing with like Kamara his rookie year. Literally the same scenario. He had exactly. AP and yeah. uh, which, Mark Ingram ahead of him. Which is what I said preseason that Singletary, I think one of my bold predictions preseason was that Singletary eventually will become the starting running back for the Bills. And once he does, will be, I think I said at least an RB2, maybe even an RB1 from that point on. And I still believe that'll happen, whether it's week 12 or this week, whatever. Um, it'll happen eventually. He's one of these guys where you just have to sit on him and wait it out. So if you drafted him, it's been frustrating. If you're picking him up off of waivers this week or next week, who gives a shit? Just wait it out a week or two and see what happens. I think it would definitely be worth it. Mm -hmm. I agree. Okay, let's go into Atlanta, uh, who lose Matt Ryan. Um, he could potentially play this week. Sounds like he's got an ankle sprain. I don't know if anybody, but anybody has ever zoomed in on uh, Tom Brady's cleats and his ankles. Um, I played high school football. And I used to get the spat, which is basically the, 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 the tape around the cleats and tape around the ankles pre-game pre so you don't twist your ankles and shit like that. Tom Brady has the thickest spat I've ever seen. It's got to be like a roll of tape per ankle. Dude, the man can't even walk. He just Dude. sits behind the offensive line and just throws check downs all the time. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. And it works no, for him, right? Crazy. And he has he has he has incredible pocket presence. I was actually very impressed on his like athleticism within the pocket uh, against the Jets the other night. But I'm saying that Matt Ryan is a very similar quarterback in yeah. in the lack of athleticism, but very effective inside the pocket. Um, and so my thinking is Matt Ryan, unless he broke his ankle, which I think is just a sprain, um, and he walked off, uh, that they could tape him up you know, juice him up with whatever the hell they give NFL players every week to let him play. And uh, I could see him being out there. However, this is a pretty lost season. And if I were the anybody important for the Falcons, I would not want to risk my franchise quarterback uh, who's, you know, long in the tooth at this point, but still has plenty of years left. Um, I wouldn't want to rush him back and, and risk a more tough injury that might sideline him for this year and next year, potentially if he were to break that ankle. So I would sit him, but I could see the Falcons potentially playing Matt Ryan, but keep an eye there. If Matt Ryan is out, Julio Jones, you play no matter who's the quarterback, unfortunately, uh, Calvin Ridley without Muhammad Sanu there. How do you feel about him against Seattle? I think without Sanu, it becomes 
not like an automatic play, but it's not a worrisome play like he used to be. It's not like Matt Schaub's bad. I mean, like he's good. It's like Matt Moore, which we'll talk about later. Like he's good enough to get the ball to the players. He's not going to make dumb mistakes. And Seattle's defense is mediocre at best. So I think it's, yeah, you could definitely play Ridley. Now, I'm not seeing that Devonta Freeman was suspended for any games. He was just yeah. ejected from week seven uh, because he threw a punch um, against uh, <laughs> against Aaron Donald. And Aaron Donald literally like high school bully picked him up uh, <laughs> off the ground, um, which was interesting. I would not be picking fights with Aaron Donald. I don't give a shit who you are. Um, anyway, uh, assuming he plays Devonta Freeman against Seattle, um, I guess you're starting him as a starting running back. Ito Smith seems to be out of the way there, and Austin Hooper is an automatic. Let's go to the Seahawks. Uh, DK Metcalf, still the most targeted receiver in the NFL in the red zone, but he's not c- connecting on many of those. Tyler Lockett's good for five for 60 and a touchdown every single week. Chris Carson gives you 20. Rashad Penny did play, but he didn't actually receive any um, touches, and Russell Wilson is automatic. Is there anybody in that game – I missed or you would like to add? No, I think don't don't be scared of Metcalf's fumble last week. He's still getting a ton of work for a wide receiver too. I totally agree. Seahawks five and two, Falcons one and six. That game is in Atlanta. A couple more games here. We have the Carolina Panthers coming off a bye in San Francisco. Uh, for Carolina, really quick, it is uh, known that um, Allen is going to remain the quarterback. Cam Newton is starting to practice and run around uh, – I mean, he'll be back eventually, probably. Um, but Kyle Allen right now is still the quarterback for the Panthers. Uh, CMC obviously is is automatic. Um, however, how do you feel about the receivers, um, DJ Moore and uh, Curtis Samuel, against this 49er defense that has been, frankly, absolutely suffocating and has only given up 10 total pa- points in three games? Not in this match. The rest of the season, good, but not in this matchup, no. Okay, and on the other side, 49ers. Jimmy G, 151. I'm going to give him a pass this week because the game was fucking horrible and they basically played in a monsoon. So I'll give him a pass. But 151, no touchdowns and a pick. Um, Jimmy G in dry conditions at home versus the Panthers. I mean, with Sanders, I'd say he's like equivalent to Minshew in streaming value. So like if you have to, I guess, but it's, I'm not confident in him yet. We'll see if Sanders really uh, boosts that confidence. I assume Emmanuel Sanders will play right away in Muhammad. Yeah, Sanders. I would think so. However, this is the first game. Um, a lot of times we see this. We saw this with Amari Cooper. Um, they will pick up last year. They'll pick up eventually, but right away I would not expect a ton of work from Emmanuel Sanders. So just – I think you, you start him, um, but if you have a better option, I might wait a week. I'd rather him blow up on my bench and be like, cool, they're ready to go, than start him and then just not target him because he doesn't know the game plan and he's a decoy for three targets and a catch for nine yards or something. So I'd be a little suspect there. Um, Dante Pettis should be the number one, should have been the number one all season, starting to get some more work, but they bring in Emmanuel Sanders for a reason. Um, Dante Pettis, how do you feel about him? Not with Sanders anymore. Um he had a, a little beam of hope, but now it's gone. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I got you. Um, the 49ers, uh, how about the running backs for the 49ers? Who are you most confident in? Coleman, just because I know he'll get 15-plus carries every game. Got it. 49ers still undefeated, 6-0. and Panthers, 4-2. and That game is in San Francisco. 
Uh, this game is going to be very interesting. Oh the, my gosh. the Patriots host the Browns, which preseason with all the hype with the Browns, this was, you know, people were looking at, you know, seven and oh, seven and oh. Um, now the Browns obviously have been reeling the last couple of weeks, but they're coming off of a bye. This is going to be interesting. I think the Patriots win the game in general, especially at Foxborough, but it'll be interesting to see what the Browns do coming out of the bye. Uh, Jarvis Landry, assuming he's healthy and he plays, are you confident because they Patriots are going to take away Odo Beckham, uh, of course, best that they can. Uh, do you think this is a funneled down game for Jarvis Landry and even uh, Ricky Seals-Jones? No. Um I'm going to say no. I think there's a way there could be because I don't think the Patriots defense is really like this level of good, but I think I'm just going to ride the defense and say no. Okay, fair enough. And uh, Nick Chubb is automatic, and we will talk about the Kareem Hunt situation once that becomes uh, relevant. Um, on the other side, New England, I mean, what can you say? They have 15 weapons. Nobody's super sexy, but they're all effective. Uh, let's see. I mean, Mohamed Sanu, again, probably will suit up. I'm not sure that he'll be super effective right away necessarily, but the two starting cornerbacks for the Browns haven't played in weeks. We'll see if they're healthy coming back. Um, Philip Dorsett has been really effective. Um, do you see him to continue to be that top uh, outside option, at least for one more week until Sanu's ready? I, I really don't know. Cause I'm still like sort of confused on this whole trade. Like I, I think we'll just have to wait and see. Cause I want to say no, but then Sanu only has, like, one touchdown, I think, this year. So, is he really that much of a threat? But, I mean, I guess we'll just wait and see. I'm not really for sure. Sonny Michelle, less than 50 yards, three touchdowns. Sell him immediately. Are you yeah. confident in starting uh, Sonny Michelle against a nice run defense for the Browns? Um, no, uh, but yes. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> his, he, had, he had more touchdowns than yards per carry, and that, that's literally describing him completely. And, I mean, he's a first-round pick. They're going to ride until he falls into the ground, but it's not – I mean, you drafted him for that reason. He's going to score touchdowns, so you got to start him. Got it. And, of course, you fire up my boy James White. James White. Automatic. Uh, let's go into Oakland and Houston. Um the Raiders coming off of a bye, Houston Texans, uh, really just confusing team. Should be one of the better teams in the league, having tough times getting wins. The Raiders, three and three, Houston, four and three. Um, for Oakland, uh, I said it last week, I'm going to say it again, anybody but Jacobson Waller. No way. No way. And for Houston, um, looks like uh, Duke Johnson, if he is relevant, he's catching a touchdown. Carlos Hyde seems to be the number one back there. They're both should get enough work against the Raiders uh, who are absolutely chewed up um, by, oh, I said the, the Raiders were on a bye. It seemed like they were giving up uh, six touchdowns to Aaron Rodgers. I apologize. They did actually play last week. I apologize about that. Um, but either way, they got absolutely destroyed. Uh, and Kiki QT um, coming back. Will Fuller looks to be out for quite a while. Nuke should be Nuke moving forward. But now we have Kenny Stills and Kiki QT. Which one are you more confident in? Um, it's kind of hard to say. I think Stills. But I don't know if – because Stills is going to take the fuller role, but how consistent was that role is kind of what I'm trying to get at. So let's kind of see who they um, sort of pivot to to vacant those targets. Because, I mean, it could even be the – 34-year-old tight end Darren Fells, for all we know. We don't really know what they're going to do. 
uh, in this matchup, but I think still this needs to be the uh, the expected uh, target taker. Got it. Let's get into Sunday Night Football. The Packers and the Chiefs. Um, this is probably not going to be as amazing as it would have been if it was Rodgers and Mahomes. Uh, so we'll start with the Packers. Um, Rodgers and Aaron Jones, I think, are automatic at this point. Jamal Williams, are you you have any confidence with him? Looked like we went uh, we got back to normal last week. Um, this matchup maybe I think like it's just your bit your if you're playing uh, Williams, you're playing him off matchup. So I think if you feel confident that the Chiefs defense is not really what they showed last week, you definitely could. Okay, and MVS. Uh, two catches last week, but 133 yards. Gar- garbage time catches. And that long touchdown. Um, he has just not stepped up, unfortunately, to be that number one. Huge game last week, of course, but he has not stepped up. Uh, Devontae Adams, of course, still out, but if he plays, I mean, he's automatic. Geronimo Allison still getting all the targets, but just not on the same page for Aaron Rodgers. So I think I would pump the brakes on all those guys. Alan Lazard, who was the talk of the week last week, didn't do much in this game against Oakland. So I think I'd pump the brakes on all those guys. Jimmy Graham, though. Um, he's either ghost or he's, you know, six for 50 in a touchdown or two, uh, dropped a couple touchdowns a few weeks ago. Jimmy Graham is starting to back himself into that low end tight end. And if you're hurting with Witten and, um, uh, Mark Andrews out, I think, uh, Jimmy Graham could be a nice option in this matchup. Yeah, I agree. Let's go to the chief side. Uh, Damian Williams, um, uh, it looks like LaShawn McCoy is the number one back there. Um, is Damian Williams startable which sounds crazy because he was like a second third round pick but are you no starting no i think especially last week against a i think what was what we didn't know was who they're going to resort to like every down i think last week against a good run defense they literally just ran shady the whole time so i think it just kind of proved that uh shady is the main back so yeah damian williams i don't have any confidence in Wow. Okay. Tyreek Hill, automatic. Um, Matt Moore filling in for Patrick Mahomes. Pat Mahomes should be out probably the next couple of weeks at least. Uh, Matt Moore has shown signs of, of throwing the deep ball in Miami. He did okay in Carolina. Um, I don't know. He's not a streaming option unless you're in Superflex or two QB leagues. Uh, however, how do you feel about the receivers here? Tyreek Hill, uh, obviously. Um, Sammy Watkins has been beat up again. Demarcus uh, Robinson has been hit or miss. Michael Hardman has been hit or miss. Um, is there anybody else other than uh, Tyreek Hill and maybe Shady McCoy that you're confident about? Of course, Travis Kelsey, that you're confident about here with the Chiefs? No. And to, to, Matt, uh, to Matt Moore's explanation or whatever, I think obviously there's a downgrade. Like, I'm not going to say there's not a downgrade, but I don't really know that it's huge. Like, I mean, it's all last week, but there's also the whole Tyreek – Hill play was just a broken down play, but Matt Moore showed that he can still get outside of the pocket, which is, if you watch the Chiefs, that's literally how Mahomes always makes those plays. He just yep. rolls out to the right, maybe makes a cool, like, no-look throw or something, and everyone goes crazy. But I think Matt Moore is going to do just fine in keeping the relevance, um, and you'll, you'll see that in our picks here, too, uh, that we're not really worried. Got it. Cool. Let's move on to the final game here of the week. And that is Monday Night Football, and Woo-hoo. holy smokes, dude! This I thought it was a I thought it was a typo, but I checked like multiple sites, and it is actually the Miami Dolphins at the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I just want to know 
what they were thinking when they made this game in the first place. Like, what were they – do they think the Dolphins were going to be good? Well, they're at least thinking that the – they were at least thinking that the Steelers would have five wins by now. But I'm not sure who thought the Dolphins would have more than two. So either yeah, way. Like, I, I don't want to listen to Booger McFarland and the Dolphins play. Like, it's a brutal <laughs> combination. <laughs> I'm with you, man. It's going to be a tough one. Uh, I feel like we're obligated to talk about uh, this game. So let's just get it out of the way. We'll move to our starts of the week, and we'll get out of here. For Miami, Kenyon Drake, assuming he's still on the Dolphins by the time people hear this podcast, and Devontae Parker might even get moved as well. Assuming both those guys are still on the team, are you playing either one of them? Um, not playing. I think rostering, I think you really need to – I'm going to take a wild guess and say most of these Dolphins players are on your waivers. And I think you really need to go and look at Parker, Preston Williams, Kenyon Drake, maybe even Mark Walton if Kenyon Drake leaves. I think there's a, there's a lot of uh, positive regression, not like a ton of positive regression, but enough to where bye weeks are going to be coming up here, like big bye weeks are going to be coming up here soon that you could fill them in. Uh, in terms of this matchup, I think if I had to pick, I think Drake though for sure. Got it. Okay. And uh, I think Devontae Parker could be a very deep flyer if you need it. This Pittsburgh secondary has been playing better recently, um, but, you know, Fitzmagic is chucking it. So you might get lucky and catch a catch a 60-yard touchdown with Devontae Parker, but I'm not sure I want to take that risk. I'm with no, you. Balen no. Balazs, back-to-back weeks with a touchdown, but I wouldn't buy into him as well. So let's pass on the Dolphins. On the other side, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Mason Rudolph should be returning after a really brutal concussion a few weeks ago. Um, how do you feel about Mason Rudolph against the Miami Dolphins? I think – I mean, I'm not going to stream him. But Superflex, obviously, he has a really good matchup, and you can kind of slot him in for like 15, 16 points. Is he like actually playing? Like they confirmed that he's starting? I believe so. I will double-check right now, though. Yeah, how do you I'm, feel I'll, – I'll look it up. How do you feel about Connor and Juju? Uh, I mean, this is obviously the, like, the best matchup they can get. So we'll see. Um, I have Juju in that BDG league. My team's four and three somehow, and I have Big Ben and Juju combo. But uh, it was probably the Cooper Cup pick that saved me a lot of work. I played Nick this week, actually. So you got a big matchup. But there you go. Uh, yeah, we'll see this week if Juju can salvage any type of whatever's. I don't even know. Like, it's, it's so hopeless. But uh, I think. In terms of future Steelers, I would go add Benny Snell for sure because Connor's been banged up all year. Yep. I got Mason Rudolph, who has cleared the league's uh, concussion protocol. Looks like he is in line to play. I don't think he's technically named the starter yet, but certainly in line to play. And Juju Schuster is currently the wide receiver 30 with 25 25 receptions, 340 yards, and two touchdowns through six games. Uh, Not what the doctor ordered. And I agree with you with uh, James Conner. If he plays, it's a plus matchup, of course. Benny Snell, though, uh, could be a sneaky uh, second start and maybe a DFS, um, you know, sneaky spot if uh, James Conner pulls a David Johnson and all of a sudden the second guy gets a full workload against Nope. (laughs) <laughs> against the uh, against the Dolphins there. So the Dolphins, um, they won't win because they're just not going to do that this year. No, uh, but they're, Don't say that. They're 0-6, and the Steelers 2-4. and uh, Packers 6-1, and and the Chiefs 5-2. and I didn't mention that. Before we get to our starts of the week, man, let's roll down really quick um, our picks of the week. Um, Redskins, Vikings. Vikings. Vikings as well. Broncos, Colts. 
Uh, Broncos. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go with the Colts. Uh, Bucks and Titans. Uh, I, I think sneaky shootout. I think Tampa Bay gets it. I'm going to say Tampa Bay gets it as well. Arizona and New Orleans. I think New Orleans for sure. Saints as well. Bungles, Rams. Rams. Rams as well. Jets, Jaguars. Closer than I think people imagine this is going to be, but I think I'm just going to have Jacks for this because of home field. I'm going to actually think that uh, yeah, they think, bounce back, and I think the Jets pull up. Pull I think out they up. could. They definitely could. Got it. Let's go with the Giants and Lions. Uh, I mean, Detroit's a much better team, but they've just been kind of hosed lately. I'm still going to go with Detroit, but it'll be close. I'm with you. I'm going to go with the Lions as well. Chargers, Bears. The Chargers. I'm going to go with the Bears here at home. I think uh, one of these teams has to get right, and I don't think it's the Chargers. Eagles, Buffalo. I think – I hope the Eagles bounce back. That's why I'm taking him, <laughs> them. Like, it's – there's got to be some sort of, like, switch that happens, and I'm hoping it's this week. Bills are nasty. They win ugly. They're at home. It's going to be cold as shit in Buffalo. I like this game a lot. I think the Bills uh, – I think the Bills win it uh, by possibly a couple of touchdowns, to be honest with you. They definitely could. Yeah. Se- Seahawks and Falcons, uh, minus Matt Ryan, probably. Destroy them. That's going to be so bad. I agree. Uh, I think Chris Carson could have 400 yards in this game. Um, <laughs> Panthers and 49ers. Niners, but I think this one's going to be also a very close game. Niners as well. As long as Jimmy G doesn't lose it, I think we'll be fine. Browns, Patriots. Brown, or yikes, Patriots. Patriots as well at home. Raiders, uh, Houston Texans. Texans. Texans as well. Packers and Chiefs in Arrowhead. And like we mentioned, uh, this is what I was talking about, where people both took the Chiefs, and I honestly think it's not like a huge upset pick. Like I mean, I think it's – I want to say it's like minus five for the Packers right now, and I think the Chiefs are all in all the much better team. Um, and I think the whole Rodgers six touchdown got a little inflated in this game, so I think Chiefs take it. I agree, and I, I think the Packers have looked really good. They've looked really good on uh, defense too, but – if Matt Moore can throw for like 250 and two scores and not turn the ball over. Yeah, if he can just not turn the ball over, home field alone will win the game, I think. I'm with you, dude. I'm with you. I'm going to take the Chiefs as well here. Um, and last but not least, the uh, Dolphins and the Pittsburgh Steelers in the high school game of the week. I'm going bold here. I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Dude, love that, man. See, I, I, I'm trying to pull for you, and you called me off of it, and now you're going for it. I'm going to go with the Steelers just because I don't think the Dolphins would risk the number one pick this early in the season. So I'm going to go with the Steelers here, but uh, they could definitely lose this game because both of these teams are bad. I got I got So the Dolphins have the Steelers pick, right? So I think that's why they're going to win the game. They're going to make him lose a game, get a higher pick. That's my, that's my motto right there, my theory. Love it, dude. Psychology. Psychology. Awesome, man. Let's get into our starts of the week real quick, and we will cut out of here. Um, again, we have our all-in checker fold on the next episode. Make sure you stay tuned to that. And uh, really quick, last week, our starts of the week, I had Jacoby Brissett. You had Josh Allen. We'll count those as wins. I had the Broncos running backs, which – on paper turned out terrible on the first drive of the week or the first drive on Thursday. I was like, dude, they're about to score four touchdowns in this game. And I was feeling really good. And then Joe Flacco and the Broncos just absolutely blew it. Um, Fournette for you blew up, of course, over 130 yards rushing, no touchdown. Cause he doesn't score, but he does have yeah. 130 yards rushing um, DJ Chark and Michael Gallup. Womp womp. Yeah. Both of those guys fell flat, which is very, uh, very disheartening there. Evan Ingram um, got injured uh, for me, but he didn't play well before that. Austin Hooper went off like he always does. And the Niners and the Bills do business for uh, defense. 
Let's go into starts of the week. Uh, of course, we are going to go one player per position. And uh, as um, let's see, you had four out of your five in the green. So I will give you the honors, sir. Uh, who is your quarterback start of the week this week? Week six, uh, week eight. Shit. I got. I mean, it's Matt Stafford. I got a lot of like notes and all that stuff written down. I think the main thing is obviously Stafford's playing really good this year. He's scoring uh, four more points in his whole career better uh, at home than away. Obviously, this game is at home. He is surprised, surprisingly airing the ball out more than I thought they would with Matt Patricia. But now with on Johnson uh, on the IR, who knows who's going to be playing running back. I think they're going to lean on the pass a little bit more. So I'm just going to ride uh, with him. And the Giants are allowing – uh, in quotations, 17.9 fantasy points per game the last five games. One of those was against Case Keenum. The other was against the Cardinals last week. But that was kind of a fluky game because they just ran all over the Giants defense. So I think Stafford will get at least 25-plus fantasy points this week. I like it, dude. Matt Stafford, we've been saying it um, all season. Uh, when I did my, my pre-selections with uh, my buddy Daniel, um, who was on the podcast last year as a co-host, and he's had to step away for uh, personal reasons and things this year. But he and I did our, our, uh, our pre-picks early in the season before the drafts. And one of his sleepers was Matt Stafford, and he gave the whole spiel. And I was kind of like, dude, I don't even know if he's a sleeper. He played last year with a fucking broken back. And now he's finally yeah, back at it. Uh, Matt Stafford, a plus matchup, is definitely dope. Um, but in general, man, we saw last week against a good defense, he can make it happen. Now they don't have carry on Johnson. I'm with you, man. I think that's a great pick. Um, I'm going to go against my better judgment. I've been ripping on golf all season, and it has worked out for me. Uh, but we saw last week um, that he uh, can actually be a quarterback when he wants to be, especially at home. He gets uh, my bungles. At home, I think uh, Jared Goff, uh, frankly, tears it up in this game. And I think all three receivers do well here. So I'm going to go with, uh, with Goff as my start of the week for the quarterback position. Uh, how about running back? Excuse me. How about running back for you? Uh, it was kind of a hard week to find, like, a really, really good – I mean, okay, those like the big matchups. Like, Barkley has a really good matchup. Um, obviously, McCaffrey's probably going to be number one, even though he plays the Niners. But I didn't really want to be, like – I don't know. I don't know that the word would be uh, basic, I guess, is the word. Because obviously Barkley's a start. Um, kind of Fournette is who I put again is. And I think I'm just going to kind of lay it as I think Fournette will find the end zone uh, this week because he's going to get his work per usual. I mean, he had freaking 29 carries last week. And they weren't even winning the game, too, which is that's what I found. That was just crazy. Um, I just hope he finds the end zone. He should. I mean, positive aggression, it has to meet up somewhere. So I think it does this week. I like it a lot. That's back-to-back -back, uh, on Fournette. I think that's a great call. And I'm going to go with Chris Carson. Like I said, I think he's just going to absolutely dominate this game in a positive game script. They're playing in Atlanta, but Atlanta can't stop any, anybody via the pass or the run. Um, I think Chris Carson gets 20-plus carries. And for Shad Penny's healthy, I think he could be a little bit sneaky maybe in the fourth quarter uh, when the Seahawks are up by 20 uh, plus, and they take out Chris Carson so he doesn't get hurt. Rashad Penny maybe gets another 50 yards and a touchdown as well. I think Chris Carson could have over 120-plus uh, and a couple of touchdowns in this one, so I'll go Chris Carson. How about receiver for you? Uh, I put Tyler Lockett. I don't know. I, I did all the research. I put him down, did all the research, and then I kind of like was like, eh, uh, afterwards now that I kind of thought about it. But the Falcons are allowing 47.8 uh, points to <laughs> – 
the, that's just in the last five games. I don't even pull up the games before that, but that's just what the Rotoviz website that I use shows me. No Matt Ryan equals, I mean, the Falcons are already bad, but a even less motivated bad Falcons. And, I mean, you could just take those 47.8 points, divide them in half, because they basically have two receivers, and that'd be 24. I mean, you can't actually do that, but that's like relatively what you could say. But I think he'll get his six, seven catches for, I don't know, 100 yards and a touchdown, which is, I mean, you're starting him every week, but it's just that confidence factor, I think. Um, he gets a really good matchup this week. Boom. It, as long as it doesn't turn into Chris Carson running the ball 35 times, yeah. I think, you know, uh, Lockett will get his five catches for enough in a touchdown. I think that'll work out. I'm going to go with New Hopkins. And uh, a few weeks ago, this would be cheating because he's New Hopkins. Yeah. Um, but now, not so much. Uh, although he does get the Raiders, who just gave up five um, touchdowns to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. New Hopkins is back. He looked great last week, over 100 yards in the touchdown. Will Fuller is out. I think uh, this is going to be a, a shootout here between the Texans and the Raiders. Uh, so I would take New Hopkins to get back to form here. Um, tight end for you. I have Gerald Everett. Um, this was also kind of a weird week because, um, I mean, you could just go with the basic and play against the Cardinals, but it's New Orleans and I, Jared Cook was hurt. They didn't have a backup tight end. Uh, another really bad team uh, to the tight end is Cincinnati, who so then I took Everett. Um, they have allowed two – it's kind of weird. They allow only allowed like nine points to the tight end position. And then I looked at like the games that the tight ends put up against them. Uh, to teams that they allowed like basically any points, it was the teams that literally don't use a tight end. Jacksonville, Arizona, Pittsburgh in that game is when Vance McDonald got hurt. Um, but in the games where teams that actually like feature a tight end, they allowed 17.9 and 21.1. Um, those were – Oh, shit, I didn't write it down. I think Mark Andrews and – oh, come on. Might have been Hooper, maybe. I'm not for sure. But Everett's only seeing an uptick in target share, and I think he's about as safe as an option as you can get at the tight end spot right now. I like that a lot. I'm going to go with Darren Waller. Uh, you know, last – he hadn't had a touchdown yet somehow, and he's still a top tight end. He gets two this week, over 100 yards. Houston has been decent against the tight end, but I think, um, again, this is going to be a shootout. There's going to be plenty to go around without Tyrell Williams – healthy there's really no other options in the past game I think you know Waller's going to have another 10 receptions probably 100 yards and a score or two so uh, I like him a lot in this one and uh, let's go with the defenses man and we'll get out of here I'm um, just going to take Minnesota that's not I mean we both took basically the best team you can have this week not much analysis goes into it Minnesota at home versus the uh, Washington team who uh, got shut out by the 49ers and I will take uh, Pittsburgh who will probably shut out the Dolphins as well on Monday Night Football. Awesome, man. Well, those are our week eight uh, preview. Those are our start sits and uh, our starts of the week. And before we get out of here, please let the listeners know where they can find your work and what they can find on the website. Yeah, uh, tckpod, tckpod.com. Uh, the article's on there. Your rankings, uh, usually Thursday. So if you had to like pick a day to go check, I would say Thursday is probably the best day. Um, still in the works on sort of YouTube and stuff. By, by the off season, for sure, we'll have that narrowed down. But uh, for now, we're just rolling with this. Um, we'll get more stuff on there as we progress through. Um, I'm not no longer in first place in the TCK pod. Oh, we got a big matchup this week. We didn't even talk about that. Uh, no, not this week. Next week? We play each other this week. This week or next week? This week. Oh, snap. 
Well, let's come back on the next episode. Yeah, we'll well, yeah there we go. But okay, yeah, tckpod.com. You can find it all in there. Boom. Catch you on the next one. That'll do it for this episode. Be sure to email us at tckpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod, on Twitter at tck underscore pod, or on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. And, of course, check out our website, tckpod.com, for weekly rankings, waiver wire ads, and Lucas's start sit column. If you've gained any value from this episode, you know what to do. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rate and review for us. Give us a like and a follow on our social medias, and it really does make a huge difference for an independent podcast like ourselves. Make the most of the rest of your day, and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. For Lucas Kaser, I'm Scott Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.